Hello, and welcome back to the Growth Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Lincoln Amstutz, and today I've got Franco Perez on the podcast with me. Very excited to have him here, and before I bring him on, I'm going to give a little bio about him and what he's all about. So having grown up in a family with an unstable housing situation, Franco is on a mission to create affordable housing in Silicon Valley. After years of dedication to his vision, Franco has established a devoted team of like-minded individuals who believe in their positive impact that it equals success. Inspired to reimagine mobile homes and expand affordable housing opportunities across the Bay Area, Franco's talented team strives to unlock the pathway to home ownership and help families establish financial security where it might otherwise seem impossible. Beyond this, his drive to develop health cost-effective housing, Franco also enjoys videography, showcasing some of his favorite local restaurants and local small businesses, and promoting San Jose's unique culture to the world. So without further ado, Franco, welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Lincoln. Yes, great to have you on. Well, I know you've gained a lot of notoriety in the arena of mobile homes and manufactured homes over the last few years. Uh, you've even appeared on several networks such as ABS and Forbes and been a keynote speaker. Uh, can you take us to the start of your story and what compelled you to start the mission and the business that you have today? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, what com for a great question and for what compelled me really, I think, you know, I never planned on being a business owner or anything like that. I think it kind of stems back to one, Kate moved from the Philippines at a young age to the Silicon Valley and was put in this weird situation or this hard situation where my dad was the main breadwinner. He left the country, left my mom and my younger sister and I out here to survive. And I remember vividly having to drop out of school around 17, 18 years old and having to work multiple jobs just to keep up. And I also remember vividly having to collect change, sell off things, just so we can make that payment at the end of every month for rent. And that was one of the hardest times for me, honestly, is going through having a dad leave me and then also going through realizing that life's up to me now. I Not just my life, but my mom's and my sister's. And I, and I know that there's a lot of people in those shoes today. I know there's a lot of people that are struggling with housing. And, it's, and housing is really the core of how do we get people out of poverty? It's really a stepping stone. We see wealthy people benefit from it all the time, but how do we get it accessible to everybody and all the ordinary people as well? Anyways, went from that being to becoming a real estate agent and found out I didn't really love being a real estate agent. I didn't like it because um, I was kind of in a situation where I was trained to help the wealthiest people I can help become as wealthy as they can get. And I had to tell people, I had to tell the, the, the hard thing for me was having to tell people that, Hey, you don't make enough money. You don't have enough saved as a down payment. To be honest, you don't have a chance at buying a home here, but you can move out of the area or you can make more, you can save more. And maybe one day I can help you. Right. And to me that, that hurt me so much because I know they were going through that pain I was describing earlier. And I know they were going through that pain that was, that I felt back then. Um, with that being said, I left being an agent for a while and really searched to try to find 
what we can do to create that stepping stone for people. I tried affordable housing with the government, didn't love it. And I accidentally stumbled across mobile home parks. And with mobile home parks, from what I thought were like trailer trash, you know, bad quality housing, even bad quality people, because that's what I see on TV and see in the movies. I came to realize that, hey, this is actually far from what's the reality. We see, I see families here that are starting their wealth building journey. They feel financially secure in expensive areas like the Silicon Valley. And there's really something to be said here. So dedicated my life to helping people transition from renting into mobile homes and from mobile homes into single family homes. And then now we have a company where we help develop and convert old single wide mobile homes to large, luxurious, beautiful mobile homes today. And that's kind of where we got to where we're at today and, and why I'm passionate about what we're doing. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I love that mission. And, and what you're saying is very true that oftentimes I feel like for, for many real estate investing is just for a small percentage of people that can afford it, that can get into these large properties, expensive properties, of course, housing affordability as at an all-time low, but your focus has much, very much been to get people that wouldn't traditionally be able to get into real estate into it to and find the solution, find the method for them. And and I think that's very admirable and will have huge impact, you know, in your local city, but also, you know, as you are sharing this with those others online, would will spread. Uh, so before we jump into the details of your work, can, can you give us an idea of what your operation and team look like today, uh, for the work that you do? Yeah. I mean, in summary, we kind of do anything and everything around mobile homes, but uh, for simplicity, we kind of act as a brokerage as well. So we help people transact when they're looking to buy or when they're looking to sell. And then the second part of our business is really help with the development. You know, with real estate, it's actually very common to have development companies or construction companies. And it's very common to understand, hey, you can add an ADU or extend your home on this lot and spend X amount. But guess what? Your valuation of your real estate property is now more. And that's exactly what we're doing within these mobile home parks. We help them understand that their home is actually an asset in this area. What's your home worth now? If we replace this home with a brand new home that's double the size, guess what? You can spend 150,000, but your new home value is your new home value jump is actually 250,000, which allows for them to boost their equity. They get to leverage a loan to do that and in the end get a step ahead and closer to that single family home purchase. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I'd be curious to hear, can you kind of break down, I know you said you started out as an agent and then got into this with, with the mobile homes, uh, break down like maybe your first investment deal or your first, uh, mobile home or property that you, you fixed up and flipped or rented out. What, what was that initial start like? Yeah, man. Um, the first transaction I've ever helped someone buy a mobile home, I still never forget and there's many moments like this too, but you know, there's a lot of fam there's so many families out there that are so humble and low income 
and have no one out there to help them. It's almost like, how do I say, there's just so many people out there chasing to help the rich and wealthy. And when it comes to the regular ordinary families, it's like nobody wants to help. them. And I remember this specific family, it's actually uh, a, a mother and father and two kids. They were actually living and renting in a room in San Jose. And they were like, Franco, all the I've reached out to so many agents, nobody will help us, blah, blah, blah. I want to buy a mobile home. And, you know, we I really put the pieces together and helped them out. And uh, they were able to buy one. And I, I remember the feeling exactly because they were crying when it closed. They couldn't believe that that we we helped them out. And it I still tear up today thinking about it because you know, they, they had nobody to help them. And because of our efforts and our hard work and our team, you know, they now feel financially secure. Their kids can now go to school. Their, their parents are now less stressed. And to me, that's the best compensation I can ever receive over any commission, over any payment. And, you know, ever since then, I've just been addicted to helping more and more situations like that, that as well as you know, so we did that repeatedly and repeatedly, and then we realized the valuation of these homes as well. That's when I was like, hey, there's a lot, there's thousands of mobile homes in California. The, they don't, you know, most people don't understand the value of these. How do we now convert these old homes to new, right? That, that first project that we did where we converted an old home to new, it, it took me over a hundred pitches to try to get an investor to believe in me that the value of this mobile home was worth something. And when I speak to investors, it's like, are you crazy? Why are you doing mobile homes? So many people were talking me out of it and, and saying that it's, it's, it's a depreciating asset and that sort of thing. But I finally convinced one investor to just, I, I, I literally told him, Hey, you get all the profit. I just need you to help me execute this so that I can prove my point. And you know, it was a long struggle. It actually took took me about two years, almost two years to finish this project. But when it when it sold and when it finally got completed, people actually could see the vision. People could actually see the level of quality of how how we build this home. And our first project, thankfully, had like over 16, 17 offers. And people started to understand what we were trying to accomplish. And from then it was, you know now that we had a completed project, it was much easier for us to kind of, to kind of grow and scale from there. Yeah. From the start, were you pretty convinced that this model of rehabilitating these mobile homes and, you know, getting them fixed up and made nice at an affordable price for people, were you pretty much always locked in and convinced that this could work or like during that two year process that pitched all these investors, maybe the first few deals, was that, was there ever a moment where you were like, ah, Maybe, maybe let's just, you know, look for a different route. Maybe this isn't actually going to work. Like, you know, I, I'll just work with these other investors who are wanting to do bigger deals. Like, was there ever that moment or were you always fairly sure of this uh, opportunity? I feel like it was both ends, you know, one day it's one, one day it's the other, but what really drove me and made me stick to it and really gave me my drive was knowing that one day this is going to help even just. I don't know, something within me, just knowing that I can help one family be able to feel more financially secure and having that chance, that allowed me to get past all these no's, all these denial, all the 
lack of knowledge and lack of relationships and get past these fears. You know, to be honest, if it was just for myself, I don't feel like I would have continued and kept trying. I would have just, yeah, doing investment property and gone the regular route. But knowing that it's this is going to make a difference for just, even just one family out there, that was worth it for me to to keep striving and and that sort of thing. But to answer your question, I I wasn't fully confident that it was going to work. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Yeah, I'm glad it's it's it was there, and I'm glad it's a you know. <clears throat> I think one of the big beliefs of why I understand it was going to work though was that we're in an area where it's like a huge problem in housing, and it's actually the future of the problem of housing in all areas, right? So, housing prices are going exponentially up, rent costs are are so high, and there's really no in between, and people don't understand that this is that hybrid in between. Right. And I think knowing that um, that's what built my confidence in helping people understand that this was going to be making a difference. Right. I love that. And because in any time you're starting a business, starting some sort of venture, there's always going to be a level of risk. But it seems like you were a big visionary in a way of you can see the solution to a problem that maybe others can't, all, you know, at this point in time. Or, or at least you, you know, especially with this, change the maybe the stigma around mobile homes, or change the the thought process people have when it's like, no, these can you can have home ownership. They can actually be very nice properties once you fix them up in a good location. That otherwise, yeah, you would have just looked past and you would have been renting. So it seems like you kind of casted that vision, and, and also you you carry a strong why. You have that reason rather than just profits, rather than just making money. You're doing this for a true cause, for helping people out, and that's what's going to get you up every day. Even in the midst of obstacles and opposition, you're moving forward on that. So for you, I know you've touched on it, but what is that why? And has that changed from when you started to where your company's at now? Yeah, I think what's fascinating is they started with just me and, and one other team member and you know it really is focused on how do we help as many people as we can and now are you know it's kind of the same i mean still last week i was so you know i've seen a family that with tears of joy that one of our team members have helped sunny on our team has helped them have a successful transaction but now it's about now our vision is really about not just us helping anymore but how do we help others help more situations like this and our vision's more changing from our business focusing on building this out versus how do we help other business and enable other businesses to create this level of success as well? Because, you know, our goal, like I'm, like we mentioned earlier, isn't, isn't the profits. It's, it's not that, but it's more like, how do we help numbers, quantities of low income families be able to get a step ahead? Right. And in order for us to do that quickly and at, at scale, we have to partner with other areas, with other people and, and, businesses that are around that's doing that. So mm -hmm. that's now our vision is to build awareness, to also be a part of the government and help and help enable uh, lo local uh, municipalities to understand that this is low-income housing and why this is important for society. And um, yeah, growing that at scale. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm very intrigued by the transformation you make on these mobile homes. I've done a couple 
uh, renovations on mobile homes myself, have a couple as rentals, cool. and I, I see the opportunity for sure. Uh, I'm kind of curious, where do you find your deals and what's the procedure for fixing these up? Yeah, great question. Um, initially, it was really all word of mouth. Um, that's typically how we find our deals then. Or, you know, a lot of people reach out to me. It's really a space where, how do I say this? They're, they are underserved, right? So um, we didn't do a ton of marketing. But then after that phase... Um, you know, like you mentioned, we have a lot of false stigmas and it's false stigmas because of the movies and because of TV shows and that sort of thing. So we realized that we kind of have to battle that with the same fire, right? So through video, through YouTube, you know, it's enough trying to, I've had enough of trying to tell people like, hey, trust me, these homes are not trailers. They're not, you know, that sort of thing. So we're just like, screw it. Let's create a YouTube channel. Let's really show the world what this is like. We had a campaign called Sexy Mobile Homes. So people are like, what the, what is this Sexy Mobile Homes? Mobile Homes are not sexy. And they open it. They're like, holy shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Holy crap. This is sexy, right? And people can see the 12 foot high flat ceilings. They can see the corner, uh, the quartz waterfall countertops, the stainless steel living, that this is an 18 square foot home. And then they're like, holy crap, this is not what I what I thought this was. And then they start to consider that and realize, and and we've really grown through our YouTube channel and through, you know, <clears throat> through being featured and that sort of thing. And in the end, we want just we just want to break those stigmas and for people to understand. Right. Right. Now, are you generally always fixing these mobile homes up and then selling them to homeowners? Do you sometimes keep them as investment properties for yourself for rentals? Yeah, so um, n no. Um, typically, all what we do is the transaction part. What's fascinating is most of our, what, what's interesting is with most mobile home parks, um, I'd say more than 80% of them, they have to be resident owned and this is part of why, actually why I love mobile homes is that it's actually a space where, how do I say this? Investors are kind of not allowed to buy and hold. And, and that's, it's kind of bad for investors standpoint, but it's good for a family standpoint because that, because in the real estate world, we have, you know, we have families trying to buy single family homes, but they're not just buying and competing with other families that need this as a home. They're competing with investors that need this as their financial investment tool. And that's why these prices are being driven up so high. Whereas in these mobile home parks, they're still technically affordable housing. So they, they don't have a lot of buy and hold um, investments. But the answer is no, I, I don't personally hold. Um, but I did start only recently getting involved with park ownership models um, and just increasing values in, in mobile home parks and increasing the production and efficiency of mobile home parks. But the homes themselves, they're typically just for residents and residents only. Nice. Very nice. I like that. Again, focus back on the homeowners and getting them in a position. I, I didn't realize that, but it makes sense that, you know, in these mobile home communities, they, they're just competing against other homeowners rather than having to, you know, you know, pay a price to compete with these LLCs and these companies. So there's a huge advantage just in that alone, I would say. And I, I'd be curious to hear the cost comparison and maybe even give 
a specific example yeah. or just you know some rough numbers on what is somebody going to end up paying for a nice renovated you know mobile home versus a single family home maybe even similar square footage but you know what what's kind of the cost yeah. savings comparison there yeah look i'll talk a little bit about san jose but i know that most of the country is not these pricing but i want you to understand the ratios could be different like in atlanta i mean the ratios are the same <clears throat> sorry the ratios are the same however the price points could be like 50 percent less right but the the market's typically or the housing problems typically the same model so in san jose if a family of four wanted to rent a two-bedroom apartment, they're looking at about $3,500 a month, which is a high monthly cost where, you know, at the end of five years, they don't get any of that back. And it's a complete zero. And then if that same family wanted to buy a single family home, 1,500 square foot, three bedroom, two bath, average price point here is about $1.4 million, Right very high cost of entry, very high purchase price. If somebody wanted to buy one of those at 10% down, it's $140,000 payment and about an over $7,000 monthly payment is on top of that, right? Huge leap to go from renting to full home ownership. However, everyone knows that there's a ton of benefits of the home ownership. There's leveraging a loan to build up your net worth. There's appreciation. There's tons of tax benefits and, and it's helping benefit a lot of people that get to make it to purchase single family. Now, the beautiful thing about mobile homes is it's that hybrid in between. You don't actually own the land you're renting it, and, but you do own the assets above. And it's important people understand that asset above and, and how that can benefit a family's cash flow. So in our area, uh, a newer mobile home would cost about $350,000 and their space rent would be about a thousand, uh, about a thousand dollars. So what their payment would look like a down payment would be about $35,000 and their mortgage would be about $2,800 and their space rent would be about a thousand dollars. So they go from that $3,500 monthly rental apartment. And just by shifting from there into a mobile home, their, their new payment is about $4,000 in total, just a little bit more than what they were paying at renting. However, they've depreciated what they're paying to a full rent model to now paying for an asset that they own and get to feel more financially secure. And they get to get those benefits of the tax benefits. They get to leverage a loan to buy something that is an asset that they own and they get the appreciation as well as they just live in that property. Hmm. That's amazing. I mean, you, yeah, you're going from $7,000 a month for a payment on just a, you know, a very normal house to that 4,000 a month. So saving thousands of dollars plus your down payment is going from, you know, 140,000 to 35, like you're saying. So, I mean, there's just an incredible difference in the barrier to entry in those two types. And then really the cost is pretty much the same as renting except you got have ownership in this property that, like you said, have all these benefits uh, of loan pay down and appreciation and such. So it's it really, it makes sense. Now for you, do you feel like there is a big education process that has to go towards people so they understand all of that? Or is it, you know, is that kind of automatic? Absolutely. I, there is a, a big pain in trying to help people understand how this works. 
you know, and, and part of our YouTube channel is we help share stories of like actual real life stories of a teacher that was able to live in this area and stay in this area because they lived in a mobile home and then families that go from a mobile home and then into single family home ownership because of their boost in equity in these mobile homes. Um, but yeah, we face those two battles. One is that, that stigma. And the second is for people to understand that financially it's, it's a huge benefit for them too. Yeah. I love that. So we're clearly in, in a, a housing affordability crisis. The last few years, prices have, have gone tremendously up. Rates are up now. Um, how do you think the vision that you're casting with mobile homes and building and redevelopment could help the people in this country afford a home? How do you feel like countrywide this could change the the affordability issue that we've have? Great question. You know, I think the first part of that is really realizing the core elements of the huge problem we're having in our country. One of the big housing problems is our construction and how we build housing has always been the same over a hundred years. And all of our skilled labor are 40 years old and older that kind of are, are getting at a point of retirement. And we have a lot of young generation that don't ever want to work with a hammer that aren't handy. And, and that's really not their vision. And the scope of the future really is not pretty. Material costs are getting more expensive. Labor is getting more difficult to come by. And building housing is going to get more and more difficult. And, and what we're doing with mobile homes and manufactured housing is really a need. It's, it's, it's a must. We have to innovate. We have to change the way we're building housing. And if we don't, we're going to be, we're going to have a really much more difficult housing situation than we were in the past. But I use this analogy a lot, but originally cars were only built for the rich and wealthy to be able to afford, but it was only until we built it on an assembly line in a streamlined fashion that we were able to make cars accessible for everybody at scale. Now everybody can own a car, right? And that's exactly what we're doing now with mobile homes. You know, with construction the way it is, we're building these mobile homes and these manufactured homes in a factory on an assembly line. And it's a huge part of how we're keeping this cost drastically low is because it's in a streamlined fashion. We're building homes at a much faster rate, at a at a much higher regulatory quality, uh, um, much higher quality uh, build of a home as well. And at the end result, a home comes out of there at a much more affordable price, which makes it way more attainable for families out there too. And and if we don't see that the the problem that we're having, we're you know. We have to change the way that we're building housing. Um, not only that, but it's great for the environment. It's great for the economy. We're creating jobs for those that don't have these technical skills that are an issue. And, you know, if you see our channel, you can see exactly all the hardworking people that are on this assembly line that are building homes, you know, hundreds a, a year. And, and it's quite amazing. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great analogy and just kind of thought comparison there of the assembly line with cars, making it affordable for the everyday person and really what they do with, uh, with manufactured homes and, and the process of building there, just how it differs from traditional, you know, stud built houses and the technical work 
and labor that is required. I, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's a really good point yeah. that in the the tough time that we have now of building cost and that skilled labor and just that direction, that could be a huge alternative for the future of housing and, and the affordability of it and just the cost yeah, that it's, to produce. It's, it's a process that needs to be improved. I mean, if you think about it, you know, we're site-built housing, <clears throat> we're transporting labor from one area to another every single day and materials and bringing it back and forth. And, you know, and you're reliant on whether it's good weather or not, if it rains, if it snows, and we're reliant on if the machine or if, if, if the people are going to be working in that, um, in that environment or not. And one is what we're finding is that when, when you're on a site, one interesting fact is on a typical 1500 square foot home, they have they have three huge truckloads of waste. Um, you know, this is extra material, wood, lumber, drywall, that sort of thing. Uh, because guess what? It's easier for them to just dump and throw this away, right? But when we're in a factory and an assembly line, actually on a whole home itself, we only have one half huge truck of waste. Because guess what? The extra material is able to be used. It's in the same building. You know, what's left over from that huge two by four, we can use in another part of the house and you're able to work so much better with the materials you have. And you're not transporting uh, an electrician to every single property, to every single property, having to live away from their family in another city. But, you know, these, these workers have their tools right up next to them. they they go to the same place every day and just continuously work in an efficient manner. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it, it really is a beautiful thing. That's neat. That's, yeah, that's, again, yeah, good for the environment, less material, more efficient, just all the way around. Now, for you, you've been in the public limelight for a little bit, casting your vision on making housing more affordable. Was this always the plan to help bring more eyes to this mission, or was it something that just naturally happened over time as your operation grew? I'd say naturally over time. I, I think it's all goes back to kind of helping more people like we talked about earlier and come to find out, you know, hey, we're in California now. We're in NorCal, LA, San Diego, but there's a ton of other housing options. And, you know, the truth of it is, is that it's mobile homes are still misunderstood throughout our country. And there's entities out there that don't understand mobile homes and they try to they try to shut mobile home parks down because they feel like it's a reason that there's criminals in their areas, you know, and, and that's now our big vision and why we're really trying to lobby in, in the government to help protect these homes, um, to protect the, um, to protect the residents in there as well, to help people just understand. And all we want to do is kind of help society understand that this is an important thing. This is helping families and, you know, for that to continue. Right. Because I could imagine on the government side, you would need their inter intervention in a, in a few different ways, maybe one of which being you've got to have the the land, the area for these mobile homes to go into. And of course, that could be a partnership with just a developer, somebody that is willing to put a mobile home park in an area. But, you know, depending on the profit for that developer doing mobile homes versus single family or apartments or something else, you know, that is where you might need the government to step in and say, hey, we're going to make sure there's some mobile home parks and facilities within a certain radius to the city 
so that it's not just the land that's super far out, that's not a great incentive for people to buy a home in, but you're getting that in better areas. You're providing maybe some government incentives for developers to put more, more mobile home parks in areas rather than building houses. So is that, is that some of maybe the, the, the work that you're doing with, you know, government authorities or some of the issues that, you know, you might run into and that just, you know, you might need to help developers and investors get their minds around for working on mobile homes? Yeah, I think it's uh, three parts. One is create, making it easier for us to construct these types of housing. Um, you know, a lot of cities and stuff don't understand what manufactured housing is and, and it, it, it's pretty difficult sometimes to get permits to build these in, in homes. So we work on the regulator, the, the regulations around this and help ease that. The second is to create better financing solution for families. Um, that's another huge one. And the third is protecting the residents within these communities. So those are pretty much the three avenues where we try to work with the government and really um, advocating for this and helping people understand the reality of what this is. Right, right. I love it. I think it's it's definitely going to be, I, I see it as being the future of housing in, in a big way, you know, with the vision that you're casting and, and just seeing that as a great affordability route for people that still want to have that home ownership and still kind of live out that American dream in a way but to do it in a creative fashion. And I love, you know, your, your sexy mobile homes. It's, it's showing that, look, this is, this is a nice property. This is a place you would want to live. And we're going to, you know, we're fixing these up nice. They're getting built nice. And so I love the attention that you're bringing to it in a positive way. And cause that's what makes people get excited about it. Oh, totally. Totally. And, and, you know, I, I think it's important to touch on too, is like the people in these communities are quite amazing. And, and, you know, we have so many retirees that sell their home to downsize to this. We have so many high income tech workers that this is their best option because of choice. And there's also a huge sense of community within these communities as well. It's like people love, people actually love living in these communities. You see kids playing around with their neighbors. You see them host events within a community. And it's, it's again, it's such a beautiful a thing that should be protected and that should uh, the people should know about and and yes you touched on the affordability and really chasing that American dream of home ownership it's so important because as things are going there is this the truth is there is a wealth gap there's a hard barrier of entry and if we don't do anything now that barrier of entry is just spreading and spreading and you know that's why it's always been my vision to try to keep that together and create a bridge or a stepping stone in between. And to be honest, mobile homes is, is that perfect stepping stone in between. And I'm all for other options as well, but we need to create more opportunities for low-income families to have that choice to own a home. And they, we just want them to have a choice and, and you know, that's, that's our initiative. Right, right. I think it's so good, and I just love hearing your story, your passion around it of not being profit first, but people first, and thinking, how can I benefit my local community? How can I benefit just those in the the country that need this? I think that's such a the right view to have, and you know, I I always try and tell people that I go by the the golden rule, as they say, as often as possible, to treat others the way you would want to be treated, and you're in the position now where you can help others and reach out to them and make these opportunities possible and, and you're stepping into that. So 
I think it's it's an amazing story that a lot of people need to hear and can benefit from. Oh, thanks. I love that. And and I think, you know, you have a lot of entrepreneur listeners out there or that want to be an entrepreneur too. I think, you know, what's what's really drove me is is really that why. And I think, you know, there's so much noise out there with content that's like, how do I make X amount in in, you know, how do I make ten thousand a month or that sort of thing? But What's fascinating is I feel like there's so many people out there that, you know, maybe that's not what they're looking to chase. And I think when you do find that why, that's really what's going to help you explode and grow. You know, I've never been one to chase money, and I've, but I felt like that was always the right thing to do because of what I see. But as soon as I found that I can create a positive impact for people, I learned business on my own. I didn't go through go through any formal college, but because I knew I had a strong why, or I mean, because I had a strong why, I learned how to read. I learned how to, to, to listen to audiobooks and reach out to people because I felt like I had to. And it was that drive that helped me learn and be resourceful and force myself to grow. And I, I, I urge people to find that, you know, how can they create a positive impact and the dollars and cents will come later, you know, and, but I think fulfillment isn't just about money, but it's more about how do you create a positive impact in people. Yes, couldn't agree more. Well, uh, Franco, last part of this podcast, I ask the guests the same four questions each time. So I'm going to throw them at you as we uh, finish out here. The first being, what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've been given? Uh, Best pieces of advice is, um, I think lately I've been reflecting on this is how do you learn to prioritize? Um, you know, there's so many things out there we have to do, but I think prioritization is probably the best piece of advice that I've gotten. And it's understanding you have a hundred or 20 things that you have to do, but how do you evaluate what's the one or two things that's really going to move the needle and push things forward, right? Everything else can wait, but there's only a few that really will make a difference. And that I feel like we're easily distracted on the things to do and it's very easy to feel busy, but it's in very important to take time, step back and prioritize and learn which items to prioritize. So I think that's the best advice that I've gotten. Mm, I love that. That's, that's so good on you know, finding yeah, that one, one or two things that really is going to move the needle. Yeah. Number two, then what is one of your favorite business books? Oh man, you know, one of my best friends gave me this book, Lean Startup. And uh, Lean Startup is a weird book for many people. It's not an investment book, not a real estate book. But it really teaches you how to stay lean and build a business um, in an effective way. And I'd say that's my favorite book. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to add that to the list. Yeah, Lean Startup. Uh, number three then, what is one character trait you notice that successful people commonly share? I'd say, um, hmm, that's a great question. I, I'd say saying, hmm, I'd say being resourceful is my answer to that. You know, you can have all the money, all the backed funding, but you'll find that those that are super resourceful are the companies that succeed and understanding resources and really utilizing and being creative with the resources you have, that's what's going to move the needle and move you forward. You know, so many times we see a lot of companies that are backed by 
millions of dollars versus companies that really have that grit and get creative with their resources. And it's those that are growing, right? Just like with our company, we didn't have a ton of money. We, we just learned how to be resourceful with our staff, with our processes, with how we learn. Um, and yeah, I'd say it's being resourceful is, is what helps people succeed. Yes, I agree. I, I definitely think that's going to separate those that maybe are profiting for a time, but yeah, if they're wasting, you know, the resources and uh, the, the material, whatever it is that they have, it's only going to be so long. So that's good. And then the last one is simply, where can people connect with you? Where can they follow your content? Give a give a shout out for all of that. Yeah. If, you, if you're listening to the podcast, I definitely urge people to really just see what this looks like because... Uh, but yeah, all of our stuff, all of our links is www.franco.tv. You can see our YouTube channel where you can see stories of families that have really uh, boosted their wealth through mobile homes. You can see the construction of how they're built. You can see 3D tours of what these homes look like and community um, mobile home park tours where you see these parks right against the ocean or right against golf courses at saunas and gyms and, and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, all of our stuff is on that link there. Very nice. Yeah. Definitely check out everything, uh, with Franco online. Uh, I love hearing your story and appreciate you coming on and sharing with us, uh, what you're doing in this mobile home space and just, uh, changing the future of housing in a big way. So appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate what you're doing too. It's really, you know, sharing, inspiring stories and appreciate this show and thanks for having us yeah absolutely well thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the growth circle podcast if you found value from it like i did uh, leave us a five-star review a rating and we will catch you on the next one thanks